0: everyone welcome to men on fire my name is mike Arren, a former mechanic and engineer turned transformational teacher and each week i'll deliver an inspiring message to help you excavate those repressed inner negative feelings and install new thoughts that will finally allow you to truly become the person you were born to be Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Men on Fire here on Soul Mechanic TV and Soul Mechanic Radio. Now, I have a very special guest for you today, and I'm very excited to have her on. She coaches men specifically about sex. So isn't that a wonderful topic to have on Today, Her name is Sarah Rose. She coaches high-performing men who aren't having the best sex of their lives and are serious about optimizing every aspect of themselves to finally have a sex life and relationship as successful as their career. She is a certified men's sex and relationship coach with over 20 years of experience in personal and spiritual development. And she has traveled the world, and in India, she was initiated into Kundalini Yoga, White Tantra, and Kriya Tantra. She then went on to get certified as a sex, love, and relationship coach through the Tantric Institute of Integrated Sexuality. And for the past nine years, Sarah has helped thousands of people turn their sexual shame and struggles into the best sex of their lives. And Sarah has been featured in Men's Health. Cosmopolitan, Vogue, Self, and the New York Post and more. And all of this has helped to reach millions of people around the world. So please help me say hello to Sarah Rose. Okay, listeners, as promised, here is Sarah Rose. Thank you, Sarah, so much for coming on Men on Fire podcast today. Um, I hope that uh, we'll have a great discussion and I'm sure the listeners are really uh, listening in to see what you have to tell them today. So I wondered if maybe um, you could just start off a little bit about telling us about uh, your story and maybe how the heck did you get involved in the, the, the sexual uh, coaching that you have started already and have been so prominent at, if you wouldn't mind telling us.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, first off, I I have to say, I think the name of your podcast is absolutely the best name possible. (laughs) Oh, thank you. When I ran across... Men on Fires, as you know, my my coaching program is called Man on Fires. So I was like, oh, he has has great taste.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remember somebody, um, uh, when I wanted to call it that, somebody did a search for me um, and uh, somebody in in the podcast realm. And uh, they said, oh, that must be taken. That must be taken. (laughs) No, it's not. There's a man on fire, but there's no man on fire as well. There you go.
1: (laughs) Perfect.
0: Yeah, yes, yes. (laughs)
1: Awesome. Yeah. So really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I love doing what I do. And um, it's actually kind of funny because I was having a discussion with one of my lovers yesterday and he He has another lover who she hasn't experienced a man like her before. He's, he's her first, um, to, to give her the type, the level of sex that she's having. Mm -hmm. And she's basically told him like, you've ruined me, you know, like, I'm never going to be able to have sex with another man again. And I told them, I was like, well, I mean, you know, my story is like, that's what happened to me. I was like, that's why I teach men now, because, Mm -hmm. you know, there are these, quote, air quote, evil men out there ruining women with good sex. And then, you know.
0: (laughs) 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 exactly
1: guys like if you don't know these secrets you're you're you know going to be left behind or she might marry you but she's going to be remembering the guy that fucked her really well so (laughs) that's right
0: you're you're not going to forget that (laughs) no
1: (laughs) so uh there's my short answer
0: (laughs) (laughs) no that's great that's great absolutely and um I, i i'm sure that uh, the man you're speaking of uh, loved hearing that from the, that other person as, you know, men have uh, egos as, and we like to feed that too. And uh, having somebody else say that, that would be just wonderful.
1: Absolutely. And I feel it. I think every man needs to hear that. Every man needs to hear from the woman that he's with, that he's the best lover she's ever had.
0: Even if you lie.
1: No, no no. No, it needs to be it needs to be true. <laughs> yeah, it
0: needs to be true. <laughs> no. No, absolutely. And know, I totally totally agree with you and I I know um after my first marriage ended <clears throat> and I dated a number of women and um it it was uh different because you know you I was with the same person for 25 years and um, then it suddenly changed and um, you I I actually you know they taught me some things I taught them some things and I thought it was you know it was pretty uh, pretty good all around so uh, that was a growing experience too so
1: yeah it's it's wonderful when you can learn from the people that you're
0: with oh definitely definitely yeah, and there's one that I won't forever forget. Yes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, the one, the one that got away. <laughs> yes, well,
0: you know, at least as far as the uh, the sex was concerned, anyway. Yes, you know, there were some other reasons that it didn't work out, but you know, of course, because of course, sex isn't everything, but uh, it is a large part of our um, uh, relationships, and it should be. And I remember uh, years ago, uh, my uncle. My uh, cousin and I found some uh, um, dirty magazines under his mattress, uh, my aunt and his mattress. And we were kind of giggling in the room, looking at them. And um, he came in and then goes, oh, 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 you found those. We well, better put them back, boys. And then he said, I want you to remember this. If there's no sex in relationship, the relationship is doomed. <laughs> so I, I still remember that. I don't know how old we were. I, I think it was maybe 10 or something, nine or 10. And I'm oh, wow, I wasn't even thinking of that. But we were just having to look at the pictures, of course. And uh-huh. for some reason, you you already knew that that was attractive, but you didn't know why or how, you know, right. like at that age, right? But, uh, yeah, so that was an, an interesting comment even back then. I still remember it.
1: <laughs> well, it's kind of interesting how he, he made the correlation, right? Like you're looking at porn and he's saying there if there's no sex in a relationship the relationship is doomed and i'm wondering in his mind like where the the connection to that was like
0: well yeah you can go a few different ways i can only assume that you know uh, they looked at it together or whatever and that somehow that helped their sexual relationship i'm assuming Okay. uh, at least that's what i like to assume yes (laughs) (laughs) so what uh Yes. Yeah. So that was, that was interesting as well. Um, so what actually started you getting to be a sex and intimacy coach then? Um, I mean, it was uh, something to do with uh, the relationships you were having and and you wanted to just get better at what you were doing or?
1: Yes. So I got married super young. I was 18 years old. I was raised evangelical fundamentalist Christian. Uh, So that was very typical of people in that community to get married really young. Um, I was married for 13 years to children, or I guess I was married 12 years. I was with him 13 years. And um, you know, that relationship, there was no sexual satisfaction. I didn't have an orgasm the entire time, unless it was me on my own with my vibrator. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, You know, and I think, I don't remember how old I was the first time I, I even had an orgasm with the vibrator. I was probably, I don't know, 20, 21, something like that. So it, it was, you know, it was, Something that didn't happen very often unless, you know, I was on my own. Um, and I had performance anxiety. He would get mad at me because I didn't orgasm. Uh, so I was like really in my head about it. Like, you know, the whole relationship was mm. very not not a healthy state no. to be in. Um, so that relationship ended. Um, a big part of why it finally ended was because. I started down the path of personal development and spiritual development. Um, I started with yoga and I did, um, started going into other modalities that, that were just helping me release the conditioning that I had from, from childhood and the, the struggles that I had from the marriage that I was in. And, um, I eventually through my, my journey, one thing led to another. I found Tantra. Um, And when I started practicing Tantra, I started to actually have some confidence. I started to love myself enough to get Mm -hmm. out of that relationship. I felt enough, you know, just, there was finally like something alive in me that, that wanted more that said okay get out of this like there's more for your life um and so i went to india i got certified to teach tantra um and hello new york city
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah a little bit (laughs) well it's actually a quite uh, good timed honk there
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I uh, I actually live in the, the quiet part of the city, too. Um, that was one of the things when I was moving back to Manhattan. I was like, I've got to live in the quiet part of the city so that way I can do my job.
0: <laughs> <was> exactly, like... <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs>
1: So I was in. I went to India. I got certified to teach tantra, um, and when I got back, I was living in Austin at the time. When I got back, I met a man who was also in the same lineage as me. Um, he had been uh, practicing tantra for like a decade, and he and I became lovers. We were best friends. Um, we were together for two years. It was amazing. It felt like that entire two years was just one long experience of making love, making magic. It was, it was nice. Yeah. It was beautiful. So much love, so much healing, um, really, really incredible. And then when that relationship ended, Uh, It I was back out in the world of conventional dating and performative sex. And I was like, oh, my fucking God, this sucks. I was like, I've got to change this. I've got to do something, you know, so I had already been teaching locally in Austin um, and. I went ahead and started to scale my business, put it online, so I could work with people around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been doing that since 2017, and I got more and more training. I, I'm I'm a learner, like that's my thing. I love to learn. I'm constantly reading. I'm constantly working with other experts, and you know, just expanding my skills so I can be a better coach. Uh, so yeah, I mean that that's what my my journey has been
0: wonderful no i always say that too i'm a, a lifelong learner and uh, i don't want to stop you know because there's always something else to learn we never know enough about uh, what we think we know about already let alone new things so uh, uh, that's great and i think when you talked about um, you know your your evangelical upbringing too um I I read a book a while ago uh, by a lady named Shakti Gawain. I don't know if you have heard the name at all. Um, I think she passed away not that long ago, actually. Um, but she wrote several books, um, and she was very involved in, in spiritual and uh, uh, things that revolve around sexual experiences too. And she mentioned in the book that, uh, um, for example, uh, you know that, that sexual energy is everywhere you know what the universe is it's made of energy of course and the sexual energy is there too and when it's blocked for example and she gave an example of a um uh, a young girl that is told by her parents you know as she becomes a teen and all that that no no you have to that's no good you can't do that you have to wait till you get married um and then suddenly they get she gets married at some point um but doesn't really know uh, what she should do or because it's this whole sexual energy that has been pent up has, was blocked this whole time now it's released and it may or may not be um, uh, congruent with her partner you know so uh, it, it's almost uh, uh, just, you just made me think of that when uh, when you mentioned it and uh, the sexual energy part um, of it Um, I'm a strong believer in because I don't think intimacy is uh, strictly sexual. Um, The, uh, the energy is everywhere. And I think, um, you know, even sometimes looking at something like a beautiful flower or um, a glance in someone's eyes uh, somewhere, just even for, you know, a few seconds and uh, you could walk away and go, wow, Like I almost, it was so deep. I almost had a relationship with that person, you know. Uh, It happens fleetingly sometimes, and you never know or never prepared for it. But um, that's also, to me, seems intimate, you know, without the physical portion, portion of that. Anyway, I'm running off too much there. I want to get you talking.
1: yeah you're right though. And, and intimacy is what we we crave as humans. We desire that connection. And absolutely. we're We're wired for it from you know the the early days of humanity.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think it's a connection of souls as well. You know, our soul wants to connect with other souls. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, as I think I mentioned before, it that's uh, it, the the closest connection we can have is that physical relationship with with each other. Um, and it becomes, uh, like you mentioned your, in your, uh, relationship with the gentleman that you, uh, for, with tantric relationship there for a couple of years, it's, uh, it's, it's way above what anything else could be because it was physical, but it was also spiritual all because you were, uh, you know, very, uh, congruent with each other and, uh, knew what each other's wanted and, and how to feel that and how to do it. So it, it was just above and beyond. Right yes exactly so i wondered for men um do you see any generalities out there for people that you've coached and people you've dealt with or, or been with with um maybe to do with societal pressures or peer pressures or you know um parents and that sort of thing that that maybe um makes them um feel certain ways whether that's sometimes egotistical or sometimes uh, shy. Um, Do you see any of that uh, happening?
1: Yes. So men have typically, generally have one of two types of conditioning. Uh, It's either more along the, the religious type of upbringing that we are discussed, you know, don't have sex until marriage, one person for life, that type of thing, um, or it's the the other side of it, which is you're not a man unless you fuck a lot of women. You know, there's mm-hmm. and, and society is changing. Men are um, able to express themselves in more of you know, I guess it would be gray area between the two now. But but those those two extremes really do show up a lot still, even if it's not quite on that level but there still has been that subtle programming that that really does impact them.
0: Yes, yes, no, I I, I that's what I would expect because I know guys I've worked with too there seem to be almost I mean there's people in the middle but there's still a lot of extremes um as well. So do you think that um in order for uh, a man to um be better in a relationship or uh, to um, to actually have a, a a good crack at even having a good relationship with a woman, do you think that they would need to work more on themselves first to um, to become the best person they can be, or um, that, you know, in, in that kind of self development before the relationship?
1: I absolutely do. It's so much easier to have a healthy relationship. When you have done your self work, when you know who you are, when you know what your triggers are, when you know what your trauma is, um, the conditioning that you have when you've worked through a lot of that stuff, you know, and some of it. I've I've done personal development work for two decades now. And I mean, I still look at myself, I'm like, oh my God, is it ever going to end? Right. Like, so there's, there's layers and layers and layers, and there's no quote, perfect person out there that, that doesn't have any issues at all. Like that's just part of the beauty really of humanity is all of our, the, unique, the, the uniqueness of us, like mm-hmm. the, our experiences in life are who are what create who we are today. Um, you know, so I don't have expectations of people that Uh, often I'll hear from people like, oh, don't date a project or I don't date a project. I'm like, you're so fucking egotistical. You're a goddamn project. You're human. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well,
0: we all are to a certain degree, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like we are all a project, right? Like who's perfect? Who shit doesn't stink? No one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I heard that the the other day. I, I hear it a lot actually. And I'm just like, Oh my God. So, you know, it's it's under what 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 does help is when you understand yourself, when you really know yourself, when you face your demons, when you've like looked your soul eye to eye and been like, all right, yeah, like I see you, I accept you, I get you, I know my feelings, um, I know my strengths and And owning it all. A lot of people walk around with avoidance. They walk around blaming, projecting onto other people. None of that creates a healthy relationship. When you know yourself, when you take responsibility for your life, that's when you can create a healthy relationship regardless of your your situation.
0: No, I I totally agree. Actually, I just uh, did a little video about self-respect, which goes hand in hand with that. You know, if you can respect yourself, um, then you don't have to succumb to other people's uh, viewpoints or opinions. Uh, you can take them in and make your own mind because you respect yourself enough to make a decision. Without, you know, going into some kind of uh, group or, or mob style uh, thinking, you know, and just adopting everybody else's uh, opinions, like a, a fish in a school, you know, swimming, right. swimming around with everybody. Um, th- have you noticed any differences in um, uh, either married or single men um, as far as your coaching and how they um, differ? Uh, or do they, you know, men kind of still the same, even though they're married?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think people are people. Uh, <laughs> we all have very similar cultural upbringings. You know, I, I see, I see differences maybe sometimes in men that are from different cultures. Um, but, but even that it's like humanity is, We're, we're pretty much the same (laughs) and the deep rooted belief systems adopted during childhood um, that were for survival purposes. And that made sense at that time. But what happens is we don't, we don't do the personal development work to mature emotionally we stay stuck in that time. So a lot of people, for, for most people by the age of six, we've already had all of the experiences that are going to shape the rest of our life. They're just mm-hmm. on repeat. And it doesn't have to be that way. You can do work such as the work I do with my clients to get in there and heal that. So you have more conscious control of your life. But most people don't. They're just literally on repeat from everything that happened before the age of six, mm-hmm. and so we're walking around in a, a culture, a society, of a lot of six-year-olds in adult bodies, and oh, yes. Yes. you know yes. <laughs> the, the emotional maturity of a six-year-old, um, emotional intelligence of a six-year-old, the wounding, you know, just it is a lot of wounding is where are where people are relating from. Mm-hmm. And so it's difficult to have really amazing connected sex if you can't connect on the level of the adult that you are now. Like we've got a lot of little kids calling the shots in relationships, calling the shots in the bedroom, and that's not the place for your inner child, your little boy to show up, you know, but when you're not even aware of it how can you change it
0: no and that's that's the whole thing the awareness part right i mean you 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 can't make anybody do anything they don't want to do but if you can make them aware of what's happening maybe they'll decide to do some changes on their own you know um yeah i, I totally totally agree with you um on on that that uh, subject as well but wh- how did I'm just wondering, yes, I I know that, um, and even, um, you know, it's been proven scientifically, this subconscious mind is at a different uh, brainwave pattern up till ages six or seven, and just because it's it's like a sponge taking everything in, because we need to at that point to learn how to survive. Um, Why are there so many folks that are still in that, uh, they might not be in that brainwave pattern anymore, but... Do you not see that there's a lot of them still uh, just letting things go straight to their subconscious mind and not being filtered by their um, conscious mind? You know, that's, uh, you know, it it should be somewhat educated, somewhat learned to and and enough to say, well, I don't really agree with that because of this. Um, I I don't know how that happens and I don't know how that translates to to the bedroom. How does that even get in there? <laughs> you know, any idea?
1: Relationships that we have, our intimate relationships, romantic relationships, most closely mimic the relationships that we had with our caregivers. Most often, mom or dad, maybe a grandparent, a step parent. Um, this. And so, if you think about it, like whenever you're you're in a new relationship and it's like, "Oh, uh, you feel so familiar to me. I feel like I've known you forever, mm-hmm. um, those are signs that this person reminds you of your mom or dad, your family of origin. Um, and you know, even here, like, baby and you know the the endearing terms that people call each other uh now 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 it's like a thing to call you know daddy but <laughs> that's another story yeah, um
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, but you know that those those terms like people use it's um it's signs that like, we're, we're feeling that, that state of of comfort. And, um, and with that comes, you know, all the wonderful things that mom and dad did. uh, And then also all of the, the things that were traumatic that mom and dad did, no matter, you know, what the intention of your parents were, we've all had traumatic experiences as children. It's just part of life, you know? And so, but Because of the rose-colored glasses, the dopamine, the serotonin, the adrenaline that's happening during that period of love, we don't see the negatives. We only see the positives and, Mm -hmm. you know, falling madly in love with this person. And then and then one day you wake up and it's like, oh shit, who is this in front of me? Like, why am I so triggered? Like, why do I, why can't I stand this person anymore? You know, <laughs> it's like, well, that was, that was there the whole time. Um, but you know, it, in people that are in a conscious relationship can take these types of of situations and and work together to heal the wounding that we have from childhood, and we can really create epic relationships. And that's what I love to help my clients do. It's like we're literally creating the relationship of the modern era, where you know because the old way of relating isn't working anymore. We see just divorce rates, people being single longer. Um, there's people just not even desiring to be in a relationship because they've Mm -hmm. only seen bad examples of it. Um, But I'm actually really optimistic about relationships. I think that we're in a time and place where it's so exciting that we have the information available that we do now, such as the stuff that I work with people around that -hmm. we can create relationships that transform our lives, that help us self-actualize, that are the foundation, the fuel for the rest of our lives. Like, we're in a time on the planet where you know people there there really isn't excuse an excuse for us to not self-actualize. Like we we have everything that we could possibly need. I mean, of course, there are places around the world where people are in abject poverty and there's um a lot of really bad things happening. Um, but it, it's unnecessary, right? Because of the amount of wealth and the amount of food that exists here, like it's completely unnecessary that that is happening.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I agree with you. And um, uh, if, if, you, if you've, I'm sure uh, you've already seen Maslow's higher hierarchy example, um, which, you know, it is, makes total sense to me. I mean, when you're trying to survive, you you can't, become uh, more, uh, grow more spiritually because you're too busy surviving. Right. So, uh, but you're, you're absolutely right. Most of the, uh, of the world really is uh, doing much better than they were, you know, 25, 50 years ago, uh, you know, or, or certainly much better than hundred years ago. Um, uh, and there is certain areas that still need a lot of help. Uh, and there probably always will be certain areas that need, that need help, but uh, I, I, I totally agree with you on that subject. So is there any way that men can, um, or, so, or maybe you could give us an example of some way that they can become better at uh, hearing and understanding um, what their partner's needs are?
1: Yeah, this is great. We were having this discussion in my man on fire group last night. And uh, one of the, the men that is, is newer to the group you know, was asking how he could kind of break through with his wife. He's like, I want more intimacy. And she's really in her head and she wants everything structured. And several of the, the men that have been with me quite some time and their mentors for the other men, they all pitched in and they said, listen to her. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, I, my wife used to complain and say, we never talk. And I would be like, what do you mean? We don't talk. We talk all the time. And he he said, you know, but once I took this program and I understood what active listening is and holding Mm -hmm. space for her is, and like actually being present with her and just allowing her to speak, like, that changed everything. I mean, man after man was like, I saved my relationship by learning how to listen.
0: Mm -hmm. No, I, I, Hey, I I get it. And I've had to do that more and more uh, as the years went on too. Um, And uh, I think that's so very important. I mean, you, and intimacy can, um, for me as well, that can be uh, described as uh, being together with someone in the moment you know, that we, don't, we don't have to uh, have sex, but if we're together uh, discussing something and I'm totally into what you're saying and, and vice versa, we're together in that moment. And that's, that's also very, very intimate, you know, in, um, in my viewpoint, at least. So, uh, yeah, I know. And it goes both ways. I, I know um, some women that aren't very good listeners either. Um, but you know, I I it still astounds me when I um, uh, my stepdaughter um, when she, you know they get together with uh, three or four other um, people her age that are in their early thirties. Um, they will talk and chat as, as fast as can be. And uh, they're texting uh, to someone else and they're all hearing what each other is saying and understanding like that's, there's not, that's never would never happen to my network, you know, <laughs> I'm more of a one-on-one person or maybe a couple people, you know, but uh, yeah. So uh, there's obviously a lot uh, better skills involved there too, with uh, listening and hearing with the, uh, with women, which I think is innate in their nature too, um, with the um, ability to um, take on more more tasks, you know, multitasking roles with uh, with with children, what have you. Not that men can multitask, but you know, it's, it's a lot more difficult, I believe. <laughs>
1: I would have to agree. Yes. And it's a good thing for women to remember that, you know, and I think a lot, a lot of women get very frustrated with men because, you know, in their mind, like you should be able to do things, a million things at once and a million miles an hour. And, you know, it's just a different way of of viewing things.
0: No, uh, absolutely. And that's, those are generalities, of course, it's not everybody's, uh, not everybody is uh, the same. But uh, I do see that a, f- a fair amount. and Those kind of get complaints from each other uh, about the other, you know. Um, so do you think that uh, or why do you think maybe uh, some couples are becoming more complacent in their, their sexual relationship these days? Are they just too busy? Or I know you, you, most families need two incomes, you know, to, uh, to make ends meet. Um, mm-hmm. Is it just that or are there other things?
1: Yeah, people are tired. People are distracted. Uh, They're getting dopamine hits from other places you know it's Mm -hmm. like there's constant social media and email and text (laughs) messages and you know the the new thing on netflix right like it's constant 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 stimulation everywhere so you know in some ways it's like we don't need sex for entertainment (laughs) i think at one point it may have been like well there's nothing else to do like let's fuck
0: (laughs) oh no Oh, no, for sure, right? Well, that's the let's go have a romp in the bedroom. Oh well, no, hang on, it's a good movie on tonight.
1: Right, <laughs> you, you know. know. <laughs> but you, know, the what comes along with that is a lot of isolation. People feeling really, really lonely. So many people that are in marriages feel really lonely.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think we're mirroring uh, some, maybe, maybe our parents? Because you know, many times uh, we didn't see our parents having sex. Um, we shudder at the fact that we would even think that they would do that anymore when, when we were old enough. Um, so, well, we never saw mom and dad really do that. So, we're a little older now. Maybe we should also be um, a little more like that. Again, that's kind of the subconscious thing. You know, I don't know if you think that uh, we could possibly be doing that as well.
1: Well, I mean, studies overwhelmingly show people are having less and less sex. People are waiting until a later age to have sex. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. You know, so uh, sex is is on the decline, and I think a big part of it is people want more for their lives. And when sex isn't doing it for them, they're just like, well, I would rather not do it then. Um, We have Mm -hmm. so many options now. We have so such clear pathways to success, to having it all. And if sex is, is an area of our life where we're just like, it's really not that good, I'm going to put my focus and attention on something that is amazing instead. Like, you know, if, if I'm crushing mm-hmm. it at work, that feels better than having sex where I'm not crushing it.
0: Yeah, no, for, for sure. Yeah. I've seen that too. Um, where either um, person in, in the involved in a relationship tends to one, you know, it's more important. Uh, they're getting their high or their rush from, Completing projects at work or accolades at work, and uh, then when it comes back to home, it's like you know I just need to relax, and I'm not into that forever <laughs> sort of thing, or it would seem. Um, but um, yeah, I, yeah, it's interesting um, to to think that, and some people they have different uh, viewpoints on what constitutes good sex, too. You know, the, and they become accustomed to to um, only doing certain things, certain positions, never trying anything new. And um, I was wondering also if you think that uh, the openness nowadays for uh, men and women to talk about, um, you know, self-pleasuring themselves, um, you know, with, um, I mean, there was never any sex toy stores around in my town uh, when I was growing up, but there's quite a few (laughs) Now, for example, so it's much more of an open topic. And, you know, in my view, rightly so, but um, that maybe people are, uh, you know, they don't mind uh, not being in a relationship just to have sex when they can self-pleasure.
1: Yeah, I I think that that ties in with also with sex not being that great. So it's like, okay, I can get off on my own. And mm-hmm. for a lot of women, they're like, I'm not getting off when I have sex, so I would rather just do this on my own um, because at least I I get what I came for. Uh, and if you're, yeah, <laughs> and if you're having sex and there's not connection and intimacy and love that's happening. And then people are just like, you know, I could have, I could have done this on my own. Like I can get off on my own. I don't need Mm -hmm. someone else to get off. Like if I'm going to have sex with another human being and take on all of this other person, Like their, their emotions, their energy, their, the physical aspect of them, like their, their mind, all of it. Like when we're in that, that place of sex, like it needs to be better than what I'm doing on my own. Mm -hmm. And for most people, it's worse. So there you go.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. That's uh, probably the reason that uh, that's happening. Now, as far as the tantric portion, uh, I haven't really uh, delved into any of that study at all. It's always kind of um, um, been something that I was always planning to try to, you know, learn more about. But my understanding is it's more learning how to, um, as we discussed earlier, be in the moment with with uh, someone else as you're, you know, uh, doing what you're doing, that you're actually, your mind's not elsewhere. Um, you can become, you can give more pleasure and accept more pleasure when you're absolutely in the moment. Is that, is that kind of the idea, or maybe you could give us an idea. What's, what's the, the main um, point or, or um, uh, thing with, with the tantric sex sex and, and, Instead of, you know, just regular.
1: Yeah. So imagine like, okay, somebody that works out regularly, you see that person and you can usually tell, right. It's just kind of like, ah, you know, I can tell like that person works out somebody eats super healthy. Like you can, you can see there's a tangible difference in, in their, their physical, the way they look physically and the way they carry themselves. And um, just even in their energy, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's sexual development. I, I look at Tantra as sexual development. It's the same thing as, you know, physical development, nutritional development. It's when you are doing Tantric practices, the practice, Practices that I give guys are usually about 20 minutes and they do them a few times a week and they develop this in themselves, just as if they were going to the gym. And then it's like this, it's the way they carry themselves. It's the energy that mm-hmm. they have. I'll never forget. Uh, there was one. I was in I was in Austin, living there. I was leading this tantra cacao ceremony uh, out of my home, and this guy walks in, and he I looked up and. The brightest bluest eyes ever, and we locked eyes, and it was like this instant chemistry. Um, and then he he ended up uh, he was only in Austin for a couple weeks, and we were just together nonstop, just like making love. And he also trains in tantra, and so when we first like it, the energy of us being together the sex itself it's not like you're doing different positions or or things mm. like that but you because we both had cultivated this energy in us over all this time just coming together created like waves of of rushing it felt like rushes of fire in my body and it went on for weeks and weeks and weeks like even after he was gone I was still feeling this just like full body orgasms and like just this intensity because of of what all the the work that we put in you know Mm -hmm. and it's like Mm -hmm. 20 minutes a day to get that no brainer
0: (laughs) yeah I guess so (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. And um you I don't know if that's one of them but uh maybe you could give us an example of one of your biggest success stories working with with men.
1: I love Mark. Uh, Mark is super fun. He is a mentor in my program. Now Mark came in to work with me. He had just, uh, he had recently gotten divorced. Um, he had met a new woman that he was totally infatuated with. Like they were in that infatuation period. Still, he was high as a kite for this woman. And, uh, she like everything about their relationship was compatible except for their sex life. And Mark was accustomed to the typical performative style of sex. And she had had experience of sex on another level on a higher plane. And he, and she let him know, like the relationship is over unless you fix this. Mm -hmm. And he, came across my site and not remember how he found me. I think it was the Google search maybe. Um, and I remember my first call with Mark and, you know, he was very hesitant because of the price point and he'd never done anything like this. And, you know, and, hey. and I, and I just let him know, I'm like, look, like you, you have to decide, are you in, or are you out? Like I only take guys that are committed. So, you know, get back to me if you decide you're in. Uh, <laughs> he, he came back, he committed full on committed like and he has military background and so he's mm-hmm. got that type of energy of like you know I'm in I am in um I- and and he he did amazing and so the uh, Karen is his fi- uh, fiance they're engaged now um they've both written testimonials of how their relationship oh, transformed wonderful. yeah and just Uh, you know, how they will have sex for hours. And he went from having premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction to, you know, sex that goes on. Like they'll have sex all day. They'll, They'll, you know, set aside a day where they're just, like of course they take some breaks, but you
0: know, yeah, what I mean? of course.
1: like, but they're you know, and she's just having orgasm after orgasm after orgasm, and they're so playful with their sexuality. That's what I love about them. Mm-hmm, People mm-hmm. we are so serious when it comes to sex, and I understand why because we have so much trauma and conditioning mm-hmm. around our sexuality that yep. needs to be healed. But Mark came in and he he did the work. He healed his shit, and now he has a lot of fun. Like they're always like. Like he's, he's very creative about their sex life. And I love that about him. He he's constantly like reading another book and um, you know, he's, he's mentoring the other men and encouraging them. So yeah, he's definitely been a highlight.
0: Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. That's nice to hear. And um, um, you know, speaks volumes about um, the work that you do and uh, how you can help uh, men uh, continue um, to have be in a relationship and, and, and grow with their partner. So on that note, I was wondering if you could let us know how that uh, my folks could get a hold of you. Any of the listeners here could get a hold of you and and um, maybe partake in any of your your coaching.
1: Yeah. I, again, I'm Sarah Rose. Uh, Sarah has two R's. So I will probably the only Sarah you'll come across that's S-A-R-R-A-H. So (laughs) it makes the Google search easy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So Sarah Rose.com activation.com goes the same place. Um, I have a podcast tantric activation on Instagram tantric Activation. Uh, Twitter, I am Sarah Rose, Sarah Rose on LinkedIn, Tantric Activation on Facebook. So I'm everywhere.
0: Yeah, excellent. Excellent. And um do you have any uh anything that you can leave for the folks at all? Or
1: yeah, you know, guys, the the thing is that I see a hundred percent of the time is this sense of being unworthy to have what you truly desire to have. And that is what is holding you back. It's not anything that she's doing or anything she did. It's all about you and deciding to take the chance. Even if you don't believe it right now, you don't believe that you're worthy of having what you really want. Just decide to take a step in that direction. Take a step towards, okay, maybe there's a way for me to get to the point where I do believe it and do the work necessary. And it's, it's baby steps, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. just one day at a time showing up 1%. We don't get to a hundred percent overnight. It's 1% every day. Right. And you just keep, keep moving in the right direction. And eventually you look back on your life and it's like five years has passed, 10 years has passed. and You're like, fuck, like, wow, it really did make a difference.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast today, Sarah. And for those that are listening, um, all that information will be down below uh, the video and also on my audio podcast as well, so you won't miss any of that. In case you want to get a hold of Sarah to do any coaching or any uh, uh, tantric activation, or even just uh, have a quick chat with her to see how she can help, I know she wants to help you, and you've already seen how she can help people and relationships. So um, thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate you coming on, and it was absolutely great talking to you today. I was excited this morning that, uh, our chat was coming up. So, uh, thank you so much. And, uh, I wish you, uh, much luck in the future. And I'm sure I don't have to do that because I know you're who you are as a person, you're a strong woman, and I know you'll, you'll be very successful. So thank you so much for coming on men on fire.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: you so much for listening to today's episode as always keep what feels good and dump what doesn't and remember live without judgment give without expectation and love for no reason follow those three simple expressions and you'll be well on your way to an inspirational intentional and successful life until next time you're the one